Hello, and again, welcome to BitDepth. I'm Santiago Ramones. Across from me is... David Hannon. We, so, I don't know if you remember how we know each other, but <laughs> you subbed at ACM for Michael Trapagne for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we we had those miniature little synth things, right? Was that part of... I, I subbed for him a, a number of times. Sure, uh, sure. Uh, yeah, and I, I was thinking about that. And then I, I remember uh, I used to work with Daniel. Uh, oh. And I had no idea you guys were related. And then I, I think years after we had worked together, he just like was biking by. And he was like... Uh, Hey, I didn't know you guys knew each other. I was like, wait, I didn't know you guys knew each other. So, yeah. yeah it's a small world. <laughs> yeah, ACM. Uh, how I'm connected to, I feel like, most of the people that I know is somehow through through ACM. Yeah. So, uh, I remember, yeah, Trapania was going on tour and uh, you were just, like, sucked in to, like, oh, I guess I have to, like, teach today which is like you didn't do a bad job but it's it is definitely like a, a scary thing to like oh crap i have to like oh, yeah. be responsible for like 20 people for a week like yeah, this is yeah. crazy <laughs> uh but no i mean yeah you did great and uh who are you what do you do <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I'm Dave. Uh, currently, uh, I work for a software company that is based out of Edmond called BIS. Uh, we have a, a product called Grouper that uh, essentially is uh, just a business automation tool, uh, to, to put it as simple uh, as possible. Not uh, a fish. Uh, yeah, not a fish. Uh, uh, prior to that, I was a uh, restaurant manager for a few years. And prior to that, I uh, was an audio engineer and then a, a teacher uh, of audio engineering and other related things at ACM. Uh, and then prior to that, I was uh, in college uh, at the University of Oklahoma getting an English degree, <laughs> uh, literary and cultural studies. Uh, I was there for a very long time because it took me a very long time to decide uh, what to major in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm very curious. I am fascinated by almost anything, uh, yeah. unless it's like statistically or, or super numerical. Uh, <laughs> but even then, there's exceptions. So Yes. But you're in a band also. Oh, yeah. Uh, I play music. Uh, that's, uh, you know, usually, I guess, when people say, what do you do? I think of uh, how do I how do I make money? Because that's, you know, how the how the world works. Uh, <laughs> I play music uh, in my own band called Gonzo Lebronzo. Uh, it's my dear friends, uh, Grant Marshall uh, plays drums and Sean Stafford plays bass. Uh, and then I'm also playing uh, with them and Shirley Sanders uh, in uh, Neon Cathedral. Cool. Uh, so oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just just as of recently, we uh, Grant and I are playing uh, bass and drums. Cool. Yeah. Uh, so tell me about first of all. I guess let's go all the way back. Where did you grow up, and how did you get started in music? Sure, <laughs> sure. Uh, I grew up uh, in a suburb of Seattle, Washington called Federal Way. Uh, uh, you know, it was, uh, you know, a couple of different, you know, small neighborhoods. Uh, you know, my favorite house that I ever, uh, you know, lived in of the, the various places we lived growing up uh, was kind of right by uh, a trailhead that, you know, you could walk uh, a couple of miles through a state park to, uh, you know, a sort of beach and see, uh, you know, the, the Puget Sound. And so it was, you know, cool to be, uh, you know, from a young age, I was very, uh, I liked being outdoors and I liked being in, you know, uh, this peaceful uh, wooded area, you know. Uh, I think I was always kind of, uh, you know, I liked, always kind of had my head in the clouds. I think, uh, you know, I have a, my mother's very sweet. She's not always the, you know, she's funny, but not in the most like, uh, hilarious way or like biting way. Uh, but, uh, she's not a big zinger, but one time she was like, yeah, this is, uh, my only son, David and his, his little brother, Devin. And I felt like that was, you know, <laughs> I feel like, yeah, that was uh, pretty accurate. I was, I was always kind of, uh, you know, just in my own little world. Uh, I, 
started playing Nintendo when I was about five. And then my parents were like, listen, you're you're doing too much of this. You either need to uh, you got to do something. You can play soccer. Uh, I had, you know, friends my age that were playing soccer uh, and it was maybe second grade or so. And uh, I'm like, or you could play piano, you could take piano lessons. I was like, soccer seems like a lot of work. I don't want to do that. Uh, so I took piano lessons for a few years. Little did you know, piano is so much more work. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I, I loved to kind of sit down and, and just do, just experiment, you know, and that's, uh, I still, uh, you know, I, that is my downfall. I think I've, I spent so much time just, just playing random stuff on the guitar, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but that is really like my version of, uh, you know, uh, you know, we'll get into the spiritual talk later, right? <laughs> uh, so anyways, I, I took piano lessons for a few years. Uh, and while I loved it to, to start, I, by the end of it, it was, uh, I just, it didn't work for a number of like family dynamic reasons. And I just, you know, wasn't, wasn't happening. Uh, and, and I, I think even my teacher was like, do, do I need to talk to your parents? And like, you do, you, you don't seem like you even want to be here, you know, uh, I was like, yeah, probably. Um, and for a long time, that was just kind of it, uh, you know, and I, uh, kind of remember getting exposed to, you know, I didn't have uh, a lot of music around me. Uh, my parents listened to kind of what I would say is pretty dorky stuff, but also were, uh, didn't really want me to be listening to uh, a lot. You know, they were kind of strict about what I was allowed to listen to, uh, so I kind of, uh, I got into, uh, you know, I built a PC, uh, with my uncle, I was about 15. Uh, in that same year, my granddad, uh, gave me a guitar. So, so I guess somewhere it, I've got, a, there's a lot of story in here. Let me back up. Uh, we moved from, uh, Seattle, the Seattle area to Grand Rapids, Michigan, where I'm, uh, 15 years old. Uh, my dad takes uh, a job with his brother, who's the uncle, uh, was, telling you about earlier as the filmmaker. Uh, I wound up uh, working with him for, you know, uh, several years. Um, and while we're in Grand Rapids, uh, you know, I'm the, it's my sophomore year of high school. I am from Seattle. And this guy comes up to me. He's like, yeah, you're from Seattle. Do you like Nirvana? I was like, <laughs> yeah. It's like, do you want to be in our Nirvana cover band? We need a bass player. I was like, okay. Uh, you know, I didn't have any friends. I couldn't drive yet. You know, I spent the whole summer vacation just like alone doing nothing. So I was like, cool, this is something. Uh, and so I started playing bass and I played a lot. I, you know, I kind of stopped playing video games. Uh, and then I got a hold of a guitar and I played a lot. I didn't, you know, at this point I just moved across the country. I didn't have any friends. Uh, and that kind of, that was how music entered my life, uh, the same year that computers entered my life. And I very quickly was trying to record, uh, onto, you know, this old, you know, old ass windows machine, you know, (laughs) and, uh, but that, uh, I just never stopped, uh, you know, and there were even periods of my life where I was like, I, I had to put this away. This is like, I've keep spending money on it. And, I all this time and energy and it's frustrating. I can't seem to ever like finish anything, which is still, you know, partially true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, but I, I just can't, uh, I never feel right without it. So I've at this point surrendered to it. It's like, all right, I guess I'm a musician, uh, sure. despite, uh, you know, my self-sabotage <laughs> efforts. Uh, so yeah, it's kind of the, what, what brought you to Oklahoma? How'd you get here? Uh, so the, the same uncle, uh, who's, you know, he's a filmmaker. He, uh, wound up, uh, you know, his name was, is Jim, uh, Jim Hainan. He is, you know, currently recovering from COVID, uh, and he was hit, uh, very hard. He is, uh, you know, getting, uh, updates today that he is, uh, in physical therapy, uh, basically relearning how to swallow. He hasn't eaten solid food since something like January 15th. Uh, you know, uh, just, he was essentially a a medically induced coma. It was just, you know, it's, uh, uh, very happy that he's alive, you know? Uh, and so it's been, uh, anyway, so this uncle, uh, he was in advertising, uh, in Chicago, uh, when I was, you know, a, a young child and was very successful, uh, and directed, uh, commercials, uh, you know, he's a, a film director, uh, of commercials for McDonald's. There's this commercial that, 
you know, I, I saw where it's the, the, they first started serving breakfast and it's the egg McMuffin. <laughs> and it's this guy with a big, big McDonald's bag walking onto a construction site. And, you know, he's got a hard hat on and there's, you know, this, this skyscraper that they're, they're building and, uh, you know, he's throwing all these egg McMuffins right and left and people are catching, catching them. And then this guy way up top goes, Hey, Hannon. And he looks up, he's like, Oh, and he like throws him. And it's like, you know, breakfast, blah, 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 or whatever the, the tagline was, uh, you know, he snuck, snuck the last name into yeah. this commercial. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, so at some point he was, uh, you know, that, that level of success in the, the early nineties, mm-hmm. uh, but had, uh, you know, some sort of, uh, uh, I, I, I want to say, uh, faith based shift away from advertising right uh and i don't know the the whole background of that uh but at some point my dad goes to work for him and my uncle had started his own sort of uh film production and sort of uh you know non-profit uh sort of advertising uh but you know they worked for shelters and sort of uh you know, different, uh, faith-based sort of projects. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was, you know, I wound up as a teenager working for these companies and learning Photoshop and web design and, you know, get you know, video editing and then audio editing. And, you know, that was really my, uh, I spent so much time, uh, just learning software, uh, which is still kind of what, you know, what I do yeah. professionally. Um, and, but it was always, uh, you know, right you know, I always wanted to make music and I always felt like it was right there. And, uh, you know, wound up, uh, moving to Oklahoma when my uncle Jim, uh, his work catches the eye of Mark Green, who was, uh, you know, one of the guys, uh, the, the uh, very high ups, uh, for Hobby Lobby and that whole, uh, uh, you know, group of businesses. My wife works for Hobby Lobby corporate. So yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, and so, you know, they, uh, had sort of a, a shared vision for a faith-based, uh, you know, media production uh, sort of company, right? Um, and so, uh, you know, he said, yeah, I want to do that, but I'm, uh, you know, a package deal with my two brothers because they were, uh, you know, the three of them, uh, you know, my 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 dad also, David and, and Jim and Miles, uh, you know, had, had traveled the world, uh, you know, several times over making various documentaries and, uh, you know, cool film projects and stuff. And so like, all right, uh, you know, so all of us, uh, came out to Oklahoma and, uh, now all of them had left except me. I kind of, you know, I, uh, sort of went to college here, spent my senior year of high school here. So I kind of, uh, the friend family that, uh, you know, I really, uh, that was the first time I kind of had a chance to be friends with somebody for more than a couple of years in, yeah. uh, in a row. Uh, they're, you know, all around Oklahoma or were based somewhere in, in Oklahoma. Uh, so, uh, yeah, my family has, uh, moved back to Seattle and then, uh, as of a couple of years ago, now back to Oklahoma because mm-hmm. it's expensive out there. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's it's expensive most anywhere anyways so <laughs> yeah yeah it feels like it's only uh getting more expensive yeah <laughs> uh so i mean film music audio has always been in your life what was the point where or was there even a point that you were like oh yeah this is what i'm doing <laughs> I have never once in my life felt like uh, I knew what I was doing. I will say that right out of the gate. Uh, uh, And I kind of have gotten used to, you know, I think where I feel like I get the best work done is where I I can create a space where I can basically just make an ass of myself uh, without really feeling a a, a certain way, plus or minus about it, right? Uh, Where it's like, if I can just, uh, you know, if I'm trying to record something, where it's like, if I can just sit in a room and play it a hundred times, I'll get it eventually, you know? (laughs) The perfect take is there, I just have to be patient, you know? (laughs) And and that's kind of, uh, you know, kind of been how I figure things out. I'm really curious and I really like to just learn how stuff works just by nature, but I get, you know, uh, 
It's like, I, I would love my dream in terms of making music would be to like, I can just like sit, I, I just want to do it fast. I just want to like, <laughs> I just make a thing and write some lyrics and make it go and just, and just be done with it and not have to deal with gear. And, you know, I, at some point in my, uh, I think twenties, I, uh, you know, um, I, I became sort of anti-gear. I had spent so much of my early guitar playing life just agonizing over, you know, getting stuff. <laughs> uh, and and at some point I was just was like, I this just doesn't jive with, uh, you know, I want to have, you know, the guitar that sounds good or whatever. I want, you know, to make a, a, a recording that competes uh, or doesn't sound like trash next to, you know, other stuff. Uh, but I, I, I didn't want to spend a lot of money doing it. And I, I kind of like the, the, the forced ingenuity of keeping it small, you know? Uh, and so, uh, you know, right now we are, uh, just if I think finished the lyrics for the last song on a full length record, uh, and we've booked a day to mix with Michael Trapanier. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we have uh, that day is the 11th. And so uh, we've got a few days to track vocals. And uh, but, you know, uh, that's it's just been a, a, just one stumbling block after another. I think we started uh, in the early days of COVID with some drum tracks at Trap's place. And, you know, it's been uh, you know, changes in jobs and changes, you know, moving into new places and getting, getting COVID and getting, you know, just one thing after another. And it's like, we're just, I, at some point I was like, I don't care how long it takes. So we're just doing this. It's, I, you know, I, at some point, uh, I don't really want it to be a product. I just want it to be a thing that I do. Uh, and, you know, if, if it can somehow turn into a way that uh, I can make money in the future, great. But, you know, this has been, uh, <laughs> I just want to be done with it. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah. Uh, describe to me the Gonzo LeBronzo sound. Uh, so, I mean, I think for a long time, it was kind of like, didn't feel like we had a sound. But o over the course of making this record, at least the, the songs that are on this record, uh, I would say it is kind of a channeling of anxiety. <laughs> so it, it is all, there's a lot of like, uh, you know, I think one of the main influences when Grant and I sought to start a band uh, was Death From Above 1979, which now I feel like maybe a little cringe, but uh, they just like, it was high high bpm just riffs mm. it was like fun head nodding kind of just upbeat uh like heavy but not quite metal i don't know sure. uh and so that was kind of you know the initial mission statement of the band was like it's fun music that rips you know uh <laughs> uh but ultimately it's you know uh that's it's like well what does that mean you know i i, I think it turns into uh, a lot of uh maximalist guitar uh you know i think i've i played in a few bands uh you know like i said or maybe mentioned earlier like i did at one point sort of given up i was like i gotta quit this it's like it's juvenile you know like uh you know uh i just have to you know there's just this voice in the back of my head that was like you know why are you still doing this you're you're how old now and uh and but I uh, played, you know, one of my dearest friends, uh, John Salome, uh, you know, he's, he was, was living in a quadplex uh, with him. And he was like, hey, I want to start a band. We need somebody to play bass. And I was like, uh, OK. <laughs> and that kind of, you know, I'd sort of been tinkering around on a bass uh, after taking a hiatus. My only, you know, since I was 15, maybe uh, it's like six month hiatus from guitar. Uh and I was like, yeah, I, I can't give up on this. This is the best I felt, you know, <laughs> I, uh, you know, not to be too dark, but there's times where it's like, I, the, the music is what has made my life at least endurable. You know, there's times where it's like, I, I it's not that it's my life is awful or anything. I don't mean to say that I'm like, uh, horribly depressed, but I'm just like, uh, there's just times where nothing is, is that exciting to me and I can pick up a guitar and then it'll be, you know, 
I, I play three chords and I just feel saved. You know, yeah. I'm like, I don't, there's, I've never had a book or a video game or anything else. So I can't help but feel like that's what life is for me. Is, <laughs> you know, there's nothing else does that to me, mm. but this stupid fucking guitar. Uh, sorry, I don't know if I can swear yeah, here, uh, but but it is frustrating. I wish it was something else. I wish I could be, uh, you know, it's hard to see or even make a way to contribute or feel like you're contributing value with something like, you know, a guitar. But I do feel like uh, the spiritual value it provides a person to pursue uh, any art form. Uh, you know, I think to, I've, I feel incredibly blessed that I ever, A, was afforded a guitar and uh, B, the time to do anything with it, you know, because uh, I, you know, I, that is the, the highlights of my life really has have been this, this musical thing. And I even feel like we haven't even really released a record. We have like <laughs> some songs we threw together to apply to Norman Music Fest uh, the year before it, you know, <laughs> yeah, canceled. Yeah. But, yeah. So these days I just like, I just forget about it. If, if I, if I hear back, I'm like, I, I, I can't even tell you, I, I don't want to think about it. I don't want to go back through my, like my bank records and see <laughs> how many concert tickets did I buy in the last like two years that like, I didn't go to the concert or the concert didn't happen. And sure. I still spent the money or like, you know, didn't get a refund. I don't, I just don't want to think about it. Yeah. I, and so I've just like stopped buying tickets for things. I'm like, no, I'll show up the day of, and if it's not sold out, then I'll be there. Yeah. <laughs> if, if I go out at all. Who are your biggest musical influences? Uh, oh, even though I always know that that question is coming, uh, <laughs> it's it's really hard for me to not break it into like uh, you know different instruments. Uh, so I think uh, maybe it's easier to go go timeline wise. Uh, the The first CD I ever owned was Boys to Men Two. Uh, I have always had a thing for vocal harmony and for, you know, uh, I feel like the, when I was in my early stages of, you know, learning music that wasn't, uh, you know, the sort of Christian contemporary or like the early, like nineties radio country or like foreigner that my parents were listening to, uh, uh, which there's some good stuff in there. Uh, but you know, it was not, uh, none of <laughs> very little of that made it into my influences, I would say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it, so it was the, there were two radio stations in Seattle at the time and it was 107.7, the end, which was the alternative rock sort of station. And then cube 93.3, uh, which was the like hip hop R and B like, and I would say, uh, at night they had like the hip house, I was very into like the house music at the time when I was really young. I, you know, dance music was totally foreign to me. Uh, and really there's a, you know, that kind of came back when I was in college where it's like, oh yeah, this, you know, uh, and even now I, when I'm at work, I've, there's a lot of, uh, like trance music that I'll just put on. Mm. Like, I just need to like not hear the coworkers around me. <laughs> uh, uh, so I guess that, that, that was really only one. Uh, so I, there was, you know, Seattle at the time, uh, I, I, there's no way I could separate myself from all of the big grunge acts because that was just what was around, you know, uh, I, I feel like most of that didn't really age well in my esteem, but some of it did. And there's, I like to think that, uh, one of my core beliefs is like, there's, there's nothing that's a hundred percent good and nothing that's a hundred percent bad. Mm. So if there's art in front of you, you find something good and something bad, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, uh, so yeah, so boys to men second album I had, I think was like a Mariah Carey record. Uh, okay. uh, but then started getting, uh, into like, uh, had a Nirvana CD that like parents found from like, you can't have this, this guy's like, you know, on drugs or whatever. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and, and so then it was like, you know, Alice in Chains and Soundgarden and the other sort of, uh, uh, nineties bands at the time. Uh, but nowadays I don't, I don't know. It's hard to say even what I listen to. It's like, I, I feel like music has become more, uh, I go to different genres for different things. You know, it's now it's more, res I, I know just enough about the different genres to go where I feel, uh, and and so uh, I I go back to hard bop jazz over and over, uh, and 
I always thought jazz was the stupidest music. Uh, <laughs> but uh, in terms of uh, when I hear an instrument that like makes me feel like I'm about to cry. It's usually a jazz record. Mm. Uh, and, uh, it's rarely, you know, the type of music that I'm like, that I think I would ever make or that I'm like really interested in. Sure. It's like this stuff that I just put on where I'm like, I want something on that's nice while I, you know, do the dishes. And then I'm like, what, wait, who is this? This is like, you know, gorgeous. <laughs> um, uh, and then I, you know, who else, uh, influence wise, uh, uh, I don't know. There's a lot of like, uh, recently, uh, Nick Drake, Pink Moon, I've been listening to that. Uh, I, I don't know. Like I said, I, I kind of put down playing through an amp and a, a pick, even though the, the songs that I write are very much like the opposite of that. <laughs> but I think, uh, part of that was, you know, um, yeah, I, I, I had to, I had to learn. I, I feel like you, there's this weird thing with playing music where you have to, and maybe with life in general, where it's like, if you want it to be loud, you have to master being quiet. Uh, mm. There's something about, like, you can't just, you you don't get better at being loud by just being loud all the time. Uh, and not that my goal was being loud, but like a lot of these songs are trying to convey, uh, you know, these uh, sort of negative feelings I couldn't put anywhere else or didn't feel like there was an outlet for. And maybe not always negative, but... Uh, a lot of it is inspired by, you know, the anxiety I feel from, uh, you know, just the, the world at large these, these days. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sorry. What was, what was the question? Uh, influences. Yeah. I'm still dodging. Uh, I don't know. There's, uh, let me think. I really like, uh, unknown mortal orchestra. I think is one of my favorite bands that's, you know, uh, right now, uh, the OCs, I think is fantastic. Ty Siegel was just here and I missed, missed that. Uh, I think Crumb is fantastic. Uh, uh, Hiatus Coyote. I, and it, there's a lot of... Uh, 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 Black Odyssey is one as R&B record that came out uh, that I just absolutely love uh, at Austin. Uh, I don't know. It's kind of kind of all over the place. Yeah, and that's, that's a good thing to uh, not just like listen to the stuff that is like what you make. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I, I've always struggled. Uh, I, I never felt like I was part of a group. You know, I, I was always hesitant to be like, yeah, I like punk music. There's a lot of punk music that I like. Uh, television is one of my favorite bands. People say, say that's punk. Uh, but you know, people say that green day is punk and that, uh, <laughs> you know, dead Kennedy's is, is punk. Uh, I'm just afraid to like self apply, most labels, you know, I, I feel like there's great, uh, great danger to, uh, identifying as a particular thing without having really thought it through, you know, yeah. um, <laughs> if that makes sense. Uh, what's something about you people don't normally know? Uh, I guess I was adopted. I was adopted at birth, uh, which uh, may or may not play into, uh, you know, the way I uh, perceive the world uh, in some like deep psychological sense. <laughs> uh, uh, but, you know, I was, uh, yeah, uh, adopted uh, and, uh, you know, just raised having known that. Uh, so a lot of times, uh, you know, because it was never like a big impactful, you know, like, uh, you know, I found out when I was 18 or something, uh, it, it never seemed like that big of a deal. Uh, you know, so that's kind of, uh, yeah. 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 Uh, also that I'm the fifth, uh, fifth in the line of Davids. Uh, so, uh, a lot of people don't know that. Cool. Uh, lastly on this front, what advice do you have for people that are wanting to get into music? Uh, I think, I think the the best advice I can really offer uh, is is just just listen, uh, listen before talking. I think that's also maybe life advice uh, and and advice for myself, you know. Uh, but I I think that uh, it there are periods in my life where my relationship with music was uh, lesser uh, than other periods. And those are usually when I wind up listening to, you know, the same records over and over or, you know, just wind up uh, not wanting to be open to new music. Mm. Uh, but I mean, 
I, I can't tell you how universally uh, it has been true in my life when I feel bad if I just like just like ask somebody just like hey it was just like where's i need something what what are you like really into what's your favorite stuff uh and like nine times out of ten i will find something you know it in at least a few tries that i'm like oh yeah how you know how could i have these thoughts that like everything's been done you know it's like yeah. it's silly like uh the world is so infinite and uh, you know it's uh so that's uh so i yeah again i don't remember what the question was uh <laughs> listening yeah oh yeah advice for uh yeah don't don't idolize gear uh i i think you have to to really follow your heart you have to really follow your ear you have to uh you know i think uh yeah know know what it is you're after and and just i don't know i'm a big believer in just practice just yeah. just if you think, you know, I, I've always been surprised that, you know, I never really played guitar and sang at the same time until being in this band. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I was, I could kind of sing uh, and I could play guitar, but like I had very little experience, you know, uh, doing both at the same time. Uh, but I, I think that like, if you can hear it in your head and you're patient and you are willing to, uh, you know, yeah, you make an ass of yourself enough times. I think you can do just about anything, you know, anything you hear, you can make, uh, that I've, I've been surprised how that has been true in my life where I, you know, it's like, Oh, here's this, this idea. And I'm like, is this, if I can just capture it, usually I, I can pull it off. Uh, capturing it is a whole mystery. I sure, don't sure. start me there, <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, I guess if that's, if that's advice, uh, you know, uh yeah just go for what what you hear and uh i think everything else will kind of fall into place cool switching gears into the deep questions that make bit depth bit depth what is the role of spirituality or religion in your life yeah uh so i was i was raised catholic uh Same. <laughs> and went to catholic schools uh from you know first grade until uh you know, I went to three different Catholic high schools. Uh, and I feel like that uh, kind of prevented, it, it, it did a couple of things. I, I'm really glad, uh, and it took me, I think, a while to be able to say this, but it gave me a, a moral and ethical framework with which to view the world. Uh, I think it's important that especially when you're I think we just learn so much better when we're young that I think it's important that you're around something like that but I think it's also important and by something like that I mean a structure of morality right mm -hmm. but I also think it's important that you are given a space to question it uh, and I think that was kind of my experience in uh, these Catholic schools where they seemed more structures of authority than <laughs> machines of faith building right mm -hmm. uh and so I, I felt like by the time i was in high school especially i was like i didn't know anybody that was like you know in the like you know the chapel when we had to be there that was like taking this shit serious <laughs> you know it was like everybody was uh, was joking around and uh and you know there was maybe a few but i you know that was never the the experience it was never the, the main experience i took away from that uh, it, so, and I think that was just in response of like, no, this is just a thing that you're supposed to believe. Yeah. I, we're not going to tell you why. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and that just never, that never sat right with me. I, I think that, uh, I, you know, I, again, like I, I hesitant to self-apply any sort of label, but like, I think the way my brain works, it is very hard for me to, uh, endorse or engage in an activity unless I feel like I have understood it all the way and endorse all of those steps. Right. Sure. Uh, so sorry again, I've, you, well, yeah, this is the journey of, uh, spirituality. <laughs> so, so all that to say, I, I think it's, uh, I was grateful to be in a, a structure where you are exposed to a religion that, you know, uh, gives you some sort of framework. It wasn't until you know, I had to just because of, uh, you know, the, the nature of how life plays out. 
I don't think I could appreciate that structure until I left it. Right. Uh, and so my, my story there was really, uh, you know, I was at Bishop McGinnis. I had taken these courses, uh, that we, you know, were required to take these religious, uh, your know, religion classes. Right. Mm-hmm. And one of them was world religions, but we were being taught by a, like a Carmelite sister, which is some <laughs> sort of, uh, nun like, uh, official. A level 12 paladin. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I, you know, but dressed like a nun, but in a, a brown suit habit, I guess. Uh, horrifically mean uh i just like my least favorite teacher that i can remember right um and uh i just remember her speaking disparagingly of uh, the sikhs or the Jains, you know as we're reading you know uh uh about you know isn't it ridiculous that they sweep you know bugs out of the way so they don't step on them because they think that sacred and i and this this kid that i wound up becoming friends with uh he stood up and he's like i don't think it's right that you you say that. Mm. Uh, and I was like, I just like feel it. I was like, I, I if he's too, like if somebody else has done this, I can't, I can't not. So I was like, if he's leaving, I'm leaving, you know? Cool. So we became friends with that dude. And then immediately was like, I need to read about all the other religions, yeah. you know, like they're like, they're trying to like disparage this stuff. They're this class about these other religions felt like, uh, they're trying to like keep you from learning more about yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, and at some point, uh, you know, I I bought these books. Uh, I specifically remember there was a copy of the Bhagavad Gita, uh, and uh, I don't remember what the book on Zen Buddhism was because there's, you know, as far as I understand it, not a, a central text right. per se. And this was like something as cheesy as Buddhism for dummies, you know. <laughs> but sure. uh, you know, me fifteen, sixteen, literally taking these texts with like a highlighter. Uh, and going through this copy of, you know, the Bible that I had and sort of comparing this stuff and being like, man, uh, the important stuff is like uh, overlapping, you know, in my esteem at the time, right? That was, I was like this, you know, really what, I I don't get why they would be, you know, this disparaging, you know, and that's, uh, and, and that was really opening my eyes to now seeing these other you know, these other approaches and eventually, you know, specifically, uh, Buddhist and, and Taoist sort of philosophy and thought have been think, very useful, uh, in my life. But, uh, at some point my mother had found these, these books and it was, uh, you know, and, and this was, you know, and I, it's not to talk ill of her, uh, but, you know, she was kind of enforcing this, uh, you know, uh, Catholic, this, yeah, this Catholic before, structure yeah. uh, for the rest of the family, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and and uh, you know, uh, and what I think was a conversation that she probably didn't, it wasn't super uh, significant for her, but for me, took it as you know, this sort of end of the world. Uh, but you know, uh, it was something along the lines of you know, if, if you believe this stuff, you know, this is a, this is a cult, or or you know, if you believe this stuff, you're going to hell. Uh, and, you know, I, I think she was just like, you know, taking this stuff away and you can't have this stuff. And that was just kind of how the words came out. Uh, and I took this as like, uh, wow, she thinks like, uh, you know, how could she think this of her own son? You know, and like, <laughs> and very dramatic. And I don't think it was, you know, and, and I've reconciled with her, you know, decades later. Just, just like, what? That was a thing? No, I never would have, you know. Sure. Uh, and yeah, so I love my, both my parents very much. I don't, don't want to give that impression, but, uh, so, but that, that really was the start in my life of, uh, looking into other religions. Uh, and then by the time I get to college, this, uh, you know, I wind up having no idea what I'm going to do with my life. <laughs> I know that I like music, but I also know that I like, you know, my dad wanted me to be an engineer. Uh, you know, I, I, so I, I kind of had all of these, you know, I had ideas of maybe writing. Uh, I just had no idea. I just was so interested in so many things. And to be not at home was like, I was not, I was not, I was just a puppy. I was not ready to be out on my own and I could not handle it. Uh, And so, you know, when it came to, when it came to drugs or it came to alcohol or it came to girls or it came, you know, just, uh, I just was not ready to be an adult, you know? Uh, and so, you know, 
my whole, not the whole college experience, but I, you know, uh, really look back on this sort of period of my life as learning a lot. And, and the stuff that I was learning, I think was really great, but I hadn't, I was still such a dumbass to be like, yeah, I'm, I'm like learning all this wisdom and I'm like, you know, reading about these other cultures and stuff. Uh, but I was still like, you know, I was living off of these student loans. You know, I was, I was not working my way through college. I, you know, I was, uh, you know, I, I, I had a pretty, you know, easy time. You know, I was, my, my family was never, I would say, uh, wealthy by any means that, uh, you know, they always had to work. Uh, but, you know, I was never, you know, I had video games and a bicycle and, you know, I was, sure. was never without stuff growing up. Right. <laughs> uh, and, and as, as an adult, you know, I've, I've been, uh, you know, I've tried to not rely on them in any sort of way. Right. To be like, no, I can just be, a, but I, I think that's a silly idea and that nobody should have to do that. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, so, all that to say now, uh, you know, as, as, uh, somebody that's nearing adulthood, but maybe, uh, you know, uh, the, the role of, uh, religion and spirituality in my life, uh, kind of bring me back on course. Uh, uh, I wind up leaving Catholicism behind and thinking that like, ah, you know, I'm an atheist or whatever, but, uh, eventually really getting a lot out of Buddhism and Taoism. And then, uh, eventually getting this, this gig that kind of was the, uh, turning point that got me a, away from ACM and then in the kind of hard times and then into restaurants and starts sort of the next chapter. Right. <laughs> so, uh, I get this project, uh, uh, that is essentially, uh, the, a film version of the four gospels, right? It is, uh, about 13 hours of film content. Uh, they actually did a, a beautiful job like uh footage wise i guess or like i don't know visually it looked it, there were a couple of, like miracle cgi things that were you know whatever uh but they they tried to uh, uh you know find uh you know people that were uh indigenous to the area and tried to have them you know speak the language as they thought it would have been spoken in the time and all this stuff and then the whole point was they were just going to overdub literally the four gospels uh, but then change that overdub out for every possible language and every possible, uh, version of the Bible. Right. Uh, so there's a lot of versions. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I'm on, on this project, uh, and just kind of like, you know, this is just sort of like an audio editing thing. So as part of that, like you hear every line, you know, dozens of times, right. I had a podcast. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so like, here I am, you know, the, these gospels that I thought I was, was done with and they're right in front of me. And I'm, as I'm going over them, you know, this time, you know, now later in my life with this sort of Buddhist perspective that was, you know, what I had been reading sort of in parallel, mm. it's like, I don't see a meaningful enough difference, uh, you know, I don't, and I, I think that's kind of, uh, where I fall on, on most religions is, uh, I don't think, you know, I think there might be stuff in like the texts, there might be stuff in the structures of power or influence uh, that are trying to divide people from other people. But I, I don't think any of the, the people that we study is uh, somehow spiritually advanced, whatever you might call that. Uh, I don't think they're ever talking about, well, no, I'm a this and you're a that, you know. Yeah. Uh, I think they were talking about where does the rubber meet the road? You know, yeah. like what, how do you behave? Yeah. Uh, and so I, you know, that's why I say I, uh, you know, I've fallen into the trap so many times where it's like, I want to say that I'm a this, or I want to say I'm a that saying it isn't being it and, sure. and don't say it and let somebody else call you it, <laughs> you know, whatever <laughs> it is. Uh, and, and so I've, I've always kind of felt that way. I, you know, I've never been like, yeah, I'm a musician. I'm like, I, I'll wait until I do this or that. And now it's like, okay, I've played shows. I've been in bands. I've sure. Like I've spent enough money to be able to call myself <laughs> a musician. Uh, but uh, you know, I, I, you know, anything else. I'm like, I don't, whether it's a political label or I don't know, I'm just very slow to adopt anything, sure, you know, sure. um, just cause I think it's, it's a slippery slope. Uh, mm -hmm. and, uh, I don't know. Yeah. People really want to believe that something is all good or all bad. Uh, and I, I, I don't think 
things work that way. You know, I think you always have to be uh, vigilant and you always have to, uh, you know, uh, stay true to what is right in the moment. You know, I don't, uh, so ultimately, uh, kind of wraps this whole <laughs> spirituality thing up, I guess. Uh, you know, I, I don't think I'm any one thing, but I don't think I'm a, a non-believer. Uh, I, I don't think that there is a way to conceive of whatever may be, uh, a higher power or may not be, uh, in a way that's even meaningful to really talk about it. Right. Yeah. Uh, I think that, uh, it, you know, that's what kind of makes it beautiful is it's there to interpret, uh, you know, uh, every, everybody gets to have their own sort of personal, personal connection, I guess. Right. So I, I don't think that it's just like a, uh, I don't know how to put it. I think that it's like, I'm equal parts, uh, like true believer, deep faith, like, whatever this is, it has me in its arms and it is, it is good <laughs> while being like the universe is cold and uncaring and, and the world does not give a, a absolute care about you or your life, or, you know, you are just every moment is a blessing. You are on a cold rock in the middle of a vacuum. And this is all just, we're like a fungus growing on this spinning rock or whatever. Uh, I, I'm just, I feel like I'm just constantly both. And I can't, if I'm just the one, I get depressed and it's awful. And if I'm just the other, I, I, it doesn't feel real. I, mm. you know, I, 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 and I am too much of a skeptic to just, uh, you know, uh, be all into, uh, you know, get to give somebody the reins to my moral compass, I guess. Sure. Right. I have to build it all, uh, bit by bit and I'm not just going to sign up for some program yeah. or, you know? Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm glad that you meander a lot because it actually like checks off a bunch of the questions that i have so yeah like like i said corral me oh yeah well i mean the point is to explore not to <laughs> just get definitive answers because that's, that's uh, yeah <laughs> if, if you're looking for answers you definitely don't have the right guy <laughs> what do you think happens when we die uh god you know i i am it's hard for me to say i have been very blessed to only rarely in my lifetime been directly touched by, you know, death or the danger thereof. Right. Um, if I had to sort of fashion a guess as to what the experience of, of dying is like, I, I imagine it's something like, have you ever, have you ever done like a, like a certain yoga pose or something? And there's like, you didn't know you could be tight there <laughs> until it let, lets go. Mm. Uh, I imagine it's like that for just like the, the deepest core of you. It's just like all of a sudden you relax and you're just like, oh, I don't even have to care about this. <laughs> like I, this is like, you know, because uh, uh, I, I do kind of feel like uh, I am at my best when I am not, uh, I'm not, trying i'm not trying to you know uh I, i'm just automatic i'm this muscle memory i'm just this uh, conduit i'm a vessel for something bigger than me you know and whether that's music or whether that's uh collective action right uh i think you know being uh at, at protest events or being you know uh you know times where uh, uh like outside of the governor's office during uh this julius jones shit show is what i'll call it i don't know <laughs> I, I i i can't see it any other way but uh uh using a man's life as a, a, a tool and a political plot you know as a, a a popularity contest uh but being there and 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 just feeling the change when it was announced that and it's, it's like, it's not even like he's free, right? It's this guy is, there's not going to kill him. It's like, <laughs> but that collective, like feeling like, Oh, maybe it's not just that like I showed up and like this, I saved the day. Maybe it's that like everybody chipped in just this tiniest little thing, but because everybody chipped in something happened. Right. Mm -hmm. 
and I think those moments where I, you're a, a conduit I, or a, a vessel and it's like, you're just, it's like, I feel like I'm getting out of the way. Uh, those are like the best moments in my life. I feel like, yeah. right. Uh, what, was, what was the question? <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh yeah. So I, I think, I think that, uh, that usually means a, a release, a, a letting go and a, a relaxing. Right. Uh, and I, I think that that's the, the ultimate relaxing, right. Uh, you no longer have to be attached to whatever this is, you know, this meat suit, uh, and just get to drift off into whatever is or isn't. Yeah. <laughs> what are you optimistic about for our future? The people younger than me, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, uh, and I think I'm trying to be careful about how I'm choosing my words, but I think that is the, the distinction. It's not necessarily me, but uh, uh, I'm more excited about the younger generations than I'm excited about the generations that are currently in power, right? Sure. Uh, because I feel like... Uh, they just are, I th I think, just a little more aware, a little earlier. You know, I, I look back on my growing up and I think I was just, I was, you know, I feel like I was kind of raised in the belly of the beast of settler colonialism, right? As, <laughs> sure. uh, you know, uh, and it wasn't, you know, not to say perfect childhood, but I, it was you know, very close to uh, suburban picket fence, you know, like we never went without, you know, there were stressful times maybe, but I'd, on the whole, like a plus, you know, <laughs> uh, cannot complain. Uh, and I, it took me a while to realize how much I had to unlearn if I wanted to be sort of integrated with my, what I believe, right. Yeah. If I wanted the stuff I think about myself to be, uh, in line with how I actually act in this material world, mm -hmm. you know, that means these like all of these behavioral changes and all of these perspective changes, you know? Uh, so I think that's kind of, uh, I think that's my, the, the biggest thing for me right now is, uh, staying humble and just learning as much as possible without, uh, always thinking, you know, the answer. Yeah. <laughs> what makes you content uh playing music absolutely uh whether that is with other people whether it's just for fun or it is uh, a show or it is rehearsing or it is recording uh, is it just any of it you know i think that is uh my deepest and first love is just making sound with anything you know it's, yeah. i you know i'm a i can't stop i'm tapping my fingers all the time you know i'm uh just always lost in some sort of uh some sort of beat or some sort of melody uh and if it's not that i think i i just have to be taking in uh new new information all the time you know uh and i think that i used to uh used to be a little more proud of that now i'm like I, you have to be careful with that. I think, you know, we make it so easy to use social media to, I, I think just rots your brain, you know? <laughs> so it's trying to, to mitigate that and be like, yeah, no, find things you're interested in. And when that interest drives you, uh, then read books on that thing. You don't need to just, you know, uh, scroll constantly. <laughs> uh, so yeah, re reading or learning, learning new things, uh, and then, uh, you know, I'd say quality time with, uh, people that I love, you know, with my family and my, my friends, uh, I think that's, uh, especially the older I get and the harder it is to, to meet people, you know, mm -hmm. it's just like, even if it's like, Hey, there's a gang of five and we just want to get together for a drink one night. It's like, it's hard to do more than once a year, twice a year when, you know, people start uh, having kids and families. And, uh, so I think that's, you know, and especially after, uh, this couple of years where I've had a lot of isolation time, uh, yeah, I think just being with loved ones for sure. Cool. When will you be satisfied? Oh, at this point, I don't, I, I, 
<laughs> I don't think that will happen. I, I think I think in certain ways I I you know uh, I say that in jest, but uh, uh, in some ways I, I I think I just am too curious. I don't uh, I I just uh, there's so much uh, of the world, and I just love all of it that it's it's hard to think that I'm it's it's just going to be exhausted, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Yeah. When will I be satisfied? Uh, I guess in certain areas of my life, uh, I, I will be satisfied when I think, uh, everybody, uh, has a, has a equal footing and everybody has a, a shot at, at doing their thing, not just me doing my thing. Right. I would like, uh, you know, it's hard for me to imagine a world like that right now. But I think it is important that we try. And I think it is important that we, you know, like I said, any step in the right direction is is valuable, you know. Yeah. Uh, so I think, you know, uh, when will I be satisfied? I, uh, uh, I, th- I think when when we don't have to worry about uh, not only war, but exploitation on F- any any level yeah. around the entire globe. Mm. <laughs> what advice do you have for people in general listen listen first and and then then talk you know to talk only if you need to uh uh i i think that is has been very important in my life uh and i think uh you know I've, i know i've already said it a couple of times but i i don't think anything is entirely good or entirely bad uh and so you always have to stay humble and vigilant and you have to, you know, uh, if you, if you find yourself fancying a certain thing too much, you then said like, that should trigger like, Hey, am I, you know, uh, am I fooling myself here? If I really, am I giving this thing, am I really examining all sides to this? Um, I think that's kind of, uh, that, not getting hooked into thinking, you know, oh, this is bad and is always bad, or this is good and is always good, I, I think is like foundational. I think because once you break yourself of that, you realize there's, you know, uh, all these categories, all of these words and labels that we have are really just tools to get things done, right? Uh, and, and they, uh, they aren't, they aren't inherent to our reality, right? There's, there, there is no separation. Uh, and I think once you open yourself up to that and you uh, can kind of free yourself of that just for a little bit, just little glimpses, because uh, it's, uh, you know, hard to, to do that. Uh, I think that's, you know, uh, where you begin to really find uh, the boundaries of yourself, you know, uh, because I think once it's it's not until you explore a thing in depth that you really know your opinion of it. And I think, you know, uh, uh, you know, to kind of loop back around to the earlier question, what I admire about the younger generation is I think they didn't buy in uh, as hard as my generation maybe bought into the, the red blue game. Right. <laughs> uh, because we, you know, uh, when you're in your early twenties and Barack Obama comes along, it's easy to think that like, Oh, America is cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and that even if you had thought like, Hey, you know, previous guys, uh, America, not so cool. Uh, you know, I, I, that still was that trap, right? It was, you wanted to identify with it. Uh, and there's still, you know, uh, every bit of, uh, gross stuff happening behind the scenes, uh, and you know, the blue, the blue, uh, eras as there are the red eras. So, you know, I, there, I don't think any one side is, is, is better. They're both just playing their role in, uh, you know, the downward spiral is what I would think of it as. <laughs> sure. Uh, but I, I think the younger generations, have, uh, are, are just hipper to that out of the gate. You know, I think they, and less, uh, despairing because of that, you know, I think, uh, I, I think, you know, for me at least, uh, it, it was like, man, it did does feel like I grew up in this kind of fantasy world, uh, and and we're falling, seeing that fantasy fall apart. Uh, and part of me is like, yeah, I knew it, I knew it was a fantasy world. That was that was why I was always looking to these. You know, I always was seeking. I was like, something is missing. Uh, but then 
part of me is like, well, but who, yeah, who cares, man, what, what you called it? Like, what does that give you some sort of points? <laughs> so, uh, uh, you know, that's kind of how, how I feel about it now. The, 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 the younger generation is at least a little more, uh, has, uh, I think, a, a more time to enact meaningful change than our generation will, or my generation. Hell yeah. Lastly, potentially most importantly, cake or pie? I knew that this one was coming. I mean, I knew I knew the influences one was coming too, but <laughs> this one I thought more about. Uh, uh, I'm not a big like sweets or dessert guy in general, but I, I think because of my love of crust, I have to side with pie. Uh, just I know that there are cakes with crusts maybe, but like I feel like crust is integral to pie-ness uh, and I like a graham cracker crust. There's a lot of type of crusts that I can't say no to. So yeah. got to, got to side with pie. What is best pie is always the corollary to that. <laughs> uh, when I think of best pie, I, I have to just think of, uh, I like tart stuff. Like I said, it's, I'm not big into just overly sweet stuff. So I would say like a, a key lime or a lemon meringue, uh, and just, you know, crumbly, uh, graham cracker crust yeah. uh you know i'm a simple man usually if i'm getting pie it's you know in a, behind a little glass counter uh, at a diner somewhere yeah <laughs> dave thank you so much for doing this with me this has been great uh, where can people find you and your things yeah uh mostly instagram uh uh you can follow me uh personally at fifth of hannon that's f-i-f-t-h underscore of underscore h-a-n-o-n or gonzo lebronzo is where we're making music uh and uh recently with neon cathedral which is neon spelled with a zero yeah <laughs> uh yeah cool stuff going on there um yeah so once again thank you i'm santiago ramones and i'm david hayman Is there a track that can play at the end of this? Uh, we've got on Spotify, what do we have up there? Four songs. Uh, I, there's one called Sidewinder. I'll just use that. Sweet. There we go. Here's Sidewinder. <laughs>
You can find everything that I do on my website, SantiagoRamones.com. I make music and produce audio. The music you're hearing now is music I made. You can listen to official releases by Santiago Ramones on Spotify, Apple Music, and the other streaming places. Or you can support me directly by buying my music on Bandcamp. I'm working on Hypothetical, my first singer-songwriter album. So if you'd like to hear that at some point, there are lots of ways to support me on my website. There's a Discord server in which we discuss deep topics from the podcast, but it's also a community of beautiful human beings. All the links to all my things are on my website, SantiagoRamones.com. Please take a moment to rate and review the podcast. It would mean a lot to me to hear what you have to say, and it lets others know what to expect better than I could ever explain. I want to help the world have deeper conversations. So thank you for listening to and supporting BitDepth. I was in the podcast with my three things. They shape my life philosophy. Those three things are love never fails. It's going to be okay. I might be wrong. <laughs>